Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We're preaching about good words, that the Bible is full of good words, words, metaphors, images that describe the breadth and the depth of God's love for us, his people. And today's good word for us is victory. Victory. Victory is a good word. Now, in case you don't know anything about victory, victory means to be a winner, to be at the top of your game, to be the best. And so if I figured it would be good for me to give you a practical example, an image to take home of what a winning team looks like. So, I mean, come on, guys. Give it up for the Vikings. Yeah, all right. Hey, please let us just revel in this for a minute. Like, we're, you guys know it's all going to come. It's, anyways, right now, we're a winning team. So take that home with you, if nothing else. All right. All right. I love competing. I've always loved competing. I like competing about, you know, whose team is the best. I've, I've always been a competitor. I played a lot of sports growing up. I have an older brother. So competition's always been a part of my life. My favorite sport to play in high school was football, and I played middle linebacker and fullback. If you don't know anything about football, that basically means I was in the middle of every play, knocking heads and tackling people, and I loved it. And if anybody's feeling up for it, I miss football. I miss just tackling people just for fun. So if you want to go out in the field after church and just tackle each other, I'm game. Let me know, okay? But my favorite thing to do in football, I, I got in a little bit of trouble from time to time uh, talking trash. Don't, don't, don't do this, guys. You should not do it. I just got carried away from time to time. And my favorite thing to say to a guy after I tackled him, I would knock him down, stand over him, and while he's laying there on the ground trying to get up, I would say, hey, do you want to kiss my shoes while you're down there? And he would look at me like you're looking at me, and I'd say, yeah, then you can get a little taste of defeat. <laughs> All right. I never said that, but I thought of it. That's a good one. All right. Anyway, victory and defeat. <laughs> victory and defeat. They go hand in hand. Uh, you can't have one without the other. Somebody wins, somebody loses. They're both part of competition, victory and defeat. Uh, competition is a big part of our human existence. It just is. Uh, many of you young people here play on sports teams, right? You, you got to play all kinds of competitions. Uh, you're still in athletics. Some of you are old and washed up like me, and you have to find other activities to, to, to compete with. But competition is not just relegated to the athletic field. Uh, some of you are involved in musical competitions, um, theatrical competitions, academic competitions. Uh, we, we compete in our social statuses. We compete for jobs. I think competition is just built into us, even, even as young people. I know it with my four kids. I mean, they compete constantly. Who can run fastest? Who can jump highest? Who can get to the bathroom first? Whose potato chip is bigger? I mean, it's, it's constant, right? So we're, we're always competing, and competition is not inherently a bad thing. 
not. But we can certainly consider how we compete and why we compete. When I was at the seminary in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, we have an athletic field house, uh, and, and I spent a lot of time there. I had a job working the desk at the athletic field house, and I played a lot of pickup basketball and intramural sports at that field house, and painted in big letters along one of the walls was a statement, uh, humble in victory, gracious in defeat. I don't know if you've heard that before. Humble in victory, gracious in defeat. Uh, for those of you that compete in any sort of way on the athletic field or in the workplace, I pray that you have something of this kind of mindset, that in your competition, as you are trying to succeed and do your best, that your goal is not to belittle other people, not to push them down, but if you're victorious, to be humble. And if you lose, to be gracious to the winners. Humble in victory, gracious in defeat. Part of competition, I encourage you to adopt that motto or a similar one. But today when we talk about victory, we're not necessarily talking about victory in regards to our human experience with sports and academics and workplace. We're talking about something much bigger and significant. We're talking about a real victory, a true victory, a victory of cosmic proportions. God is a competitor. You know this? God's a competitor. God competes against the powers of evil, sin and death and the devil. Sin, death, and the devil. God competes against those things because from the very beginning, those things, when humanity fell into sin, those things have been trying to get you on their team. They tempt you with temporary pleasure. They allure you with the idea of accolades and applause. They sell you on the idea that you'll be satisfied. Sin, death, and the devil are waging war against you, trying to get you to join that team. And God is in a cosmic battle of tug of war for you. And it's like you're the rope. God's got one of your arms trying to tell you, come and be on my victorious team. And your other arm is outstretched, but you are holding on to sin and death and the devil. See, we hold on to these things. These things have no power over us. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, all three are gone, wiped out. They have no real power over you. You can walk away from sin. You can say no to temptation. You can turn your eyes away from those things and turn to Jesus. But we love that allure. We love that sense of control and comfort and satisfaction. And so just this grasp we place on these things. While God all at the same time is saying, come and be on my victorious team. You can let go. You can flee. You can turn away from those things and inherit the victory of Jesus Christ's team. For he is victorious, and his victory is yours. Sin defeated, 
death defeated, the devil defeated, your sinful desires for these things has been defeated. It's hard to let go. I understand it's hard to let go. To let go of control, to let go of pride, to let go of these things that, that feel good and, 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 and feel like a nice idea in the moment, to turn away from all of that. I understand it's hard to let go, but to truly experience the victory of Jesus Christ, we have to be defeated. You and I have to be defeated. Our sinful self has to die. We have to be defeated. We have to lose that false sense of security in ourselves, in our accomplishments. We have to let that all die and admit that none of those things save us and none of those things have eternal significance. We have to admit defeat. We have to be okay with losing ourselves. But I tell you, when we lose, when we lose that sin, we gain Christ. When we are weak, we are strong in Christ. When we die to self, we live for Christ. When we are defeated of ourselves, we are victorious in Christ the victor. Now, maybe you hear these words, and maybe you say, Pastor, I, I want to believe that. I want to believe that Jesus has overcome all of this mess, that he's overcome my sin. I, I truly want to believe that. But I tell you, it feels like the world's got its way with me. I, I feel like I'm entrapped in this slavery to sin. I feel like I can't escape the brokenness. I don't feel very victorious. If that's the case, listen to these words from Jesus. Our key verse for today is John 16, Jesus said, I have spoken all of these things to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus is speaking these words on the night that he's betrayed, on the night he's arrested, the night before he dies. He's with his disciples, and these are this is his pep talk. This is his game day speech to his disciples. He knows what's about to happen. He knows he's going the way of the cross. He knows he's going to die. And so he's speaking to his disciples to encourage them and strengthen them and embolden them with what is about to occur. Because Jesus knows that his disciples and us live in this dual existence. We're in the world but we're also in Christ. In Christ, we are in peace, but in the world, we're in tribulation, and Jesus knows that these things wage at war within us. So Jesus is telling his disciples, trust me, you are in union with me. When I came into the world, Jesus is saying, when Jesus came into the world, he conquered death, he crushed Satan and Satan's claim to have any sort of kingdom. And he crushed it. And Satan has no power. And Jesus just wants his disciples to know and to rejoice in their victory. And so he says, take heart. That's a Greek word that only Jesus speaks. 
take heart. That means be courageous. Take heart. Hold fast. Be strong. Take heart. We read also from the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15. I love these words. 1 Corinthians 15 is all about the resurrection. And so we read these words. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death is swallowed up in victory. In the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus overcame death itself. The winning team has overcome death. Think about this. There is nothing else in this life, in our human existence, that is more final than death. There is no greater enemy than death. Death is the thing that has to be overcome. And that's why Jesus rose from the dead, overcoming death. Jesus is victorious over death. His team wins over death. What does this mean? It means that if Jesus has power and authority over that final thing, it means he has power and authority and has conquered everything else. In the battle for you, in the tournament of champions, Jesus has overcome it all. Jesus has overcome it all. Jesus is first place. Jesus is first place. And you can fill in the blanks with anything. Anything that stands in your way of fully having a full life in Jesus has been conquered by Jesus. Sin has been conquered. Death has been conquered. The devil's been conquered. When Jesus walked on this earth, he healed the sick. He gave sight to the blind. He made the deaf hear. He made the lame walk. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. This means the same is true for every one of you. Whatever has stood in your way of having a full life and claiming victory in Jesus has been defeated. Every job that you have lost, every friend or family member that's betrayed you, every failure that's been your fault, all been defeated through the death and resurrection of Jesus, and victory belongs to you in Christ. Jesus beat it all. Think about this. At the time that Jesus was alive, the Roman Empire was in power over a large section of the world. And in the Roman Empire, there were these guys called gladiators. You've heard of them? Seen the movie? Yeah. And, and these gladiators were oftentimes slaves. People purchased and raised up for the sole purpose of fighting to the death to entertain the masses. And people would watch this. And many people died. And even those gladiators that conquered one person might, have, might die the next day. Even the greatest gladiators died. Jesus battled death itself and rose victorious. Jesus overcame death, and you are on his team. You are on his team. You're on Jesus' team, the winning team. And as part of a winning team, 
Jesus' team has a certain set of team values, a certain way that the, te- the team works together. The team operates in a certain kind of way. And on Jesus' winning team, you are not allowed to choose things that lead to death. On Jesus' winning team, you're not allowed to choose sin. You're not allowed to choose any of that mess. It's not an option. Jesus says, fight against sin. Jesus says, turn away from temptation. Flee sexual immorality, Jesus says. Run away from all of that sinful mess. Run away, turn away, cast it aside, and claim victory in me. And if you fall and fail, I will redeem you and purchase you. I'm never letting go of you in this cosmic battle. You are mine. Come back, child. You are precious and loved and forgiven. This world, friends, is going to have trouble. You're going to face tribulation. Jesus says it very clearly. But take heart and be courageous, for Jesus overcame the world. And he's coming back one day, and he's going to make it all right. And victory will be yours forever and ever. But in the meantime, Jesus has an incredible life prepared for you. He's got an incredible life prepared for you, one in which you get to walk around with a victory celebration. You get to go town to town, village to village, uh, like our like our Uper gold medalist Nick Baumgartner, yeah, who who went from town to town and village to village all throughout the UP to show people his gold medal and say, "Hey, I'm just a Uper boy, but I can do it. And if I can do it, you can do it." You two are called to be encouragers, to go into the world with your victory medals, to to fly the banner high, to to wave the flag of victory, have a parade. Show people the trophies. Jesus has overcome death, and it's yours, and you're on the winning team. You have victory over death itself. Therefore, you have victory over sin itself and the devil. They have no power over you. Cling to Christ. Claim your victory in Jesus Christ now and forever. And in his name, amen. Amen.